Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode number 27 of the Reinventure Me podcast. If you find yourself thinking you don't know what you're good at or even what your interests might be, well, this episode will give you 10 zany ideas to ignite the discovery of your interests. Thanks for joining us. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode number 27 of the Reinventure Me podcast. This is your co-host, Larry Gates. I'm here with Armin Asadi. And we're going to get a little zany today. Right. I don't even know what zany means. <laughs> we're going to educate Armin <laughs> on the definition of zany. <laughs> I need new definitions. All right. Well, this, this episode is going to really focus around what do you do if you really don't know what your interests are. Last week, in episode number 26, we talked about how to take the many interests that you might have. And we asked the question, are your many interests hindering your next great beginning? Uh, Many people have so many interests they don't know what to do, but there are a number of people out there that have no idea really what their interests might be. So we want to stimulate some discussion around that in today's show, because what we're all about is asking the question, what well, you you got to do it in a high voice. You got to do it in the Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> Can't believe you actually made me do that. And I fell for it. Dang it! <laughs> so we are asking the question: What do I want to be when I grow up? We think that's a question you should always ask. This is the podcast for what's next in life. We just have an absolute tremendous volume of stuff to dump on you today. That's right. We actually do. And if you only take one thing away. That's all we're looking for. But we want to just inundate you, not only with a bunch of ideas, but we have a special guest. Right. We'll keep that, keep that a secret just for a little bit. We have a special guest who's going to come in and talk about her own journey in discovering her own interests. In fact, it's a present journey right now. So we brought her in because it's, this is live. This is like a, a <laughs> test case experiment here. We have, we have someone who's actually going through that. But... You will find the show notes for this episode, and you want to write this down because there are going to be a lot of stuff in this show. We're going to pack it in here. Reinventure.me slash 27 will get you right to the show notes, and uh, we hope you can take advantage of those. We're going to kick off like we always do with an Inspire Me. All right, so today's uh, quote is by Stanley Kubrick. This is a guy who's made tons of movies. Uh, He's made Spartacus, the original Spartacus. Yeah, man. That's right. Uh, 2001, uh, Space Odyssey, The Shining, Full Metal Jacket, and plenty more uh, movies that are he's made. He's a very, very uh, well-known screenwriter, producer, and director. But this is the quote he wrote. He said, I think the big mistake in schools is trying to teach children anything and by using fear as the basic motivation. Fear of getting failing grades, fear of not staying with your class, etc. Interest can produce learning on a scale compared to fear 
as a nuclear explosion to a firecracker. Mm. That is, I, I if if I could talk about interest versus fear, I think I would come up with something like that. It just wouldn't be as well written. Yeah. <laughs> well, Stanley Kubrick, God, I know he put together some pretty tremendous movies. I I remember 2001 watching it so many times trying to figure out what does that obelisk mean? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it, but I know somebody out there is going to explain it all to me. But, um, you know, this whole idea that he's articulating here, I think is really good because so many of us can, can feel like we have to do something out of fear. We need to move out of fear instead of really taking the time to explore what our interests are, because sometimes we don't feel we have the freedom to really live out what our interests are. I remember one woman who attended our dream intensive uh, just broke down in tears when she realized she has, even at her age when she was approaching 60, at her age she realized she has the freedom to choose to do the things that interest her. Wow. She lived she... her entire life not feeling like she had to do things for others. This whole thing of fear-driven hmm. motivation. That's crazy. Did she explain why? Well, yeah, of course. We, we went into it in a whole whole background with her family and feeling like she needed to do things that were appealing to them but it reminded me of what janet and craig atwood said in the passion test they said out of fear people focus on what they don't want Mm. and it's often we don't have the freedom you know in christ christ gives us freedom and i think the neat thing about that is there's so many things that we can explore and yet uh, sometimes we're so frozen in fear that we we don't uh, do that you know, I meet so many people, I mean, I imagine you do as well, especially those who are coming fresh out of college, and our special guest has got special experience with us. We're going to have to check in with her on this question, but <laughs> I meet with so many people who, who say, you know, I don't know what I'm good at, and they're almost apologetic about it. They're, yeah. they're feeling like there's something wrong with them because they don't know what they're good at, Right. and I think that's a problem. I think it's a problem because it's not the right question. The question isn't to their interest. The question isn't what are you good at because right. it takes time to get good at something. Exactly. The question should be what do you have an interest in? Right. And and that's what Stanley Kubrick I think is talking about here. He's saying if we help our children and, and by uh, inference help ourselves right. to say what are your interests because your interests are what's going to sustain you and keep you motivated, not somebody else's interest for your life. You know, the old line, you know, God loves you and uh, I have a plan for your life, you know, (laughs) because oftentimes we work for somebody else's interest as opposed to our own. Right. And uh, I think the power of that is to say, hey, you get good at something when you tie it to your own interests. Yeah. Well, I think that if fear is a motivator, that I think there's something extremely crippling about that. As, it, when fear is a motivator, I feel like it's something that drains life, not gives life. Oh yeah. When on the other end of things, when when you're chasing an interest, something that you're truly fascinated by or intrigued by, and you really want to get to know it, I feel like there's a, a, a big difference because it's not a when, when fear is no longer the motivator, it's actual interest, and there's something so different about it. I mean, it, it's you're pursuing something, you're chasing something. It's life giving. It, it, it's it's something you dream about, and it's not something that you're trying to avoid. It's something you're trying to catch. It's I, I see as fear as kind of being on the defensive, and interest being on the offensive. 
So I, I, I don't know. I would, I would rather pursue interest any day of the week just because it'll always make me feel like I'm on the offensive of life rather than the defensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly right. I, I like the way you put that is it. Fear is a defensive mechanism mm-hmm. and pursuing your interest is an offensive mechanism. Right. And I just, I think that's really a good way to think about it. You know, as I, as I've been thinking about this too, it seems to me like we have such a instant success oriented. We want to be able to validate ourselves as being good at something and we want to be instant <laughs> savants. Right. And it takes time to develop that. Yep. And that's born out of understanding who, wh- what your interests are. Well, I think this is a good time to bring in our guest. I think it is too. Well, why don't you give an introduction to our guest, very special friend of yours. Yes. So our guest today is Tally Sanderson. Say hi, Tally. Hi, everybody. Thanks hey, for Tally. having me here today. Oh, God. We're so glad you could be on the show. So let me tell you guys a little about uh, Tally. So Tally is someone I met at church um, before she even started interning with the church. And then as uh, as she came on board as an intern at our church, and this is a person I should probably intern under. This is a person who's got two master's degrees, is by far more intelligent than I am, has more experience, <laughs> is by far more humble than I am. That's definitely a fact. Um, she's one of the most driven people I know, and she is just one of these people who can accomplish anything anytime she wants. But at the same time, she's one of the per- people that I know who struggles with figuring out what she's truly interested in more than most people. <laughs> so you got one of the most capable people on earth who constantly struggles with figuring out what her interests are. You know, I don't think that's a mistake. Right. I mean, I think there's a positive correlation between high capacity people and really wrestling through this stuff. And uh, Tally, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Great yeah, to so, be here. So tell us about what you do. Uh, this is the irony part of this. Yes. It is kind of ironic. Um, I work as a career counselor yeah. at a college in the Twin Cities here, and I've been doing it for eight years. And there are some days where I feel like I need a career counselor. Yeah, is this the <laughs> shoemaker's kids problem? You know, you're helping so many people <laughs> with their own uh, career interests and helping them discover their yep. interests that you find that you need somebody to help you discover your own. Yeah, yeah. People laugh when I say that. But, you know, I think it's true that in all areas and seasons of our lives, no matter what we're doing, you know, we constantly need to reevaluate what am I interested in? Because we have all these new experiences every day that can really shape our interests. And maybe there's things that we thought we didn't like and we try it and we do like it. And, you know, that's been true for me in so many areas in my life. Yeah. And you know, you often don't know where they're going to come from. Something might come up and, and all of a sudden you've got an interest in it. Absolutely. You know, and those can be just really unintentional Um, I remember when I was in grad school, I got my counseling degree and I started working just part-time at a local retail place, you know, just for for money to pay through grad school. And I thought, oh, this is not a job I'm going to like at all. And I realized how much I liked business through that. And here I was getting a counseling degree and yet finding an interest in business. And so um, one of the things that's cool as a career counselor is I was able to merge a lot of those two interests together, but they're very different. But, you know, through those experiences, jobs, um, internships that you do, you really learn a lot about what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. And that, in fact, is one of the one of the ideas that we have a little later in the show is is to do just what you what you did. Well, I went to college and I got a degree in physics Okay. <laughs> and then discovered an interest in business. So try to merge yeah. those two <laughs> a little bit harder. <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. And over these past couple of years, you know, um, as Armin mentioned, I 
had the honor to um, intern under his leadership and in a church. And, you know, I'm just kind of coming out of that internship right now and kind of evaluating where am I at in this transition? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think all of us go through different transitions in our lives, um, whether we plan them or not. And through those experiences, we kind of reevaluate what are our interests. And um, one of the things that I've done over the past few months is one of my leaders suggested I you know, contact a few people that know me well and ask them some questions like, um, what are some areas that you've seen me thrive in? What are some areas that you see that I get passionate about? Um, for some reason, I've had many people lately who have asked me, what are you passionate about? And I kind of sit there and think, what am I passionate about? And here I am a career counselor and I ask people that question literally every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and do you find some people as you're counseling them that have the same kind of blank stare as you often might feel you have? It's like, I don't know oh, how to absolutely. answer that question. Absolutely. It's kind of like what you said earlier. I think it's a lot easier to identify what we don't like than what we do like. Yeah. And so, um, and sometimes we think we don't like something just because we haven't even experienced it yet. Now, so you had, Armin showed me your list of questions. You had a very thoughtful list of questions that you sent out to some friends. Yeah. And you got, uh, at least I saw one piece of feedback from that was just just gushing all over your capability and giving (laughs) you some really good feedback. How did that go for you? Did you you find some new things about yourself by getting that kind of feedback from your friends? I did, yeah. And probably what I should have done before this is actually answer those questions for myself Mm -hmm. before getting back from other people. So that's That's one thing. You know, if, if anyone's going to do that, I would encourage doing that for yourself first. So, so that other people's thoughts and um, things that they see in you maybe don't kind of cloud what I'm already thinking. Um, but yeah, it was such a helpful process because, again, I think it's so easy to identify the things that we don't like or the things we feel like maybe we're not good at, but to get the insight from other people. So for me, it really helped to build like my confidence and really empowered me um, in those areas. And I think kind of going along with what you said earlier is sometimes I think we identify our interests or kind of think about, do I have the skill to do that? And sometimes it's hard to separate those two to really think about what am I interested in? But you might think, oh, I don't have the skill for that, so I'm not going to necessarily do that. I know that's been true for me in my life. Yeah, I know my son uh, tried to pick up guitar when he was young. Um, and I tried this too when I was young, but but it's easier to tell his story than mine. <laughs> But, you know, at uh, 12 years old, uh, he got frustrated, really angry that he couldn't play a song after trying it for a few days. I'm like, you know, it takes time to develop this skill. (laughs) He had huge interest, you know, I want to be a rock star. I got huge interest in doing it. (laughs) But the question is, do you have the kind of sustaining interest that's going to get you to the point where you have enough competency that you feel like, okay, I've developed skill? sustaining interest i like hearing that you don't you never know if you have sustaining interest unless you actually apply or try it yeah a lot of things are just passing interest you know i might have an interest in something one day and it's fine it's it's candy Mm. it's not protein right you know so we need to find the protein interests in our lives the things that are sustainable Mm. for us and they go through a season you know we Mm -hmm. might find some things at one point in time in your life that you have deep interest in, and then it shifts over time. Right. And I think one of the fallacies that we often run into is to think that our interests have to be fixed and permanent. Mm-hmm. And that's back to that whole mastery question that we right. spent a lot of time in earlier episodes. Well, you know, Tally, you said it's been difficult for you to mm-hmm. uh, find your interests, but why, why do you suppose that's, that is? I mean, have you, have you wrestled through some of that yeah. for yourself? Yeah, I have. I think one of the things is that 
there's just so much out there. And, you know, when you think about it from a career standpoint, it's where do I even start? Mm -hmm. Because there are literally 20,000 plus jobs out there. And I've read research that says that, you know, over the next few years, 10 years or so, um, half the jobs that will exist don't even exist today. And so how do you even know where to start? I think that that is really a hard thing. And so, and I think another thing is just the different expectations that people put on us. Um, maybe not so much for me. I've, I've had a lot of people that have really supported me, but, but expectations from society or what you should be interested mm-hmm. in or what you should pursue. Yes. I think the third thing when I really have um, thought about it is just a fear of digging deep and thinking about, you know, who am I and what am I interested in? Because I've, over the past couple months as I've really been looking into this more and, and really digging deep, it's, it can be emotionally exhausting. And maybe there's a fear of we realize that we like something or have an interest in something that maybe we're not doing. And then you have to make a change. And mm-hmm. that's hard to do. It is. Let's talk about that real quick. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, I've kind of got to watch this process of how it's been affecting you. But mm-hmm. this whole journey of trying to figure out your, what you're really interested in and what you want to pursue, what has that emotionally been like for you other than saying that it was emotionally draining? What kind of emotions have you felt going through this process, thoughts that have gone through your head? Mm-hmm. I think there's feelings of um, just, do I have the skill? Like you kind of kind of evaluate just where you're at. Do I have the experiences? Um, I think another thing for it too is just, the change maybe. And I know for me, like, and a lot of people wrestle with change in your life right. and, and you know, the only thing that stays the same is change. And right. so, um, kind of getting <laughs> Even that doesn't that stay the too. same tally. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. But I think it also, the part that's, emo- it's, it can be emotionally exhausting is that you have to be very intentional about it. And, um, you know, Whenever, to, whenever you're examining or looking at yourself or thinking about, you know, who am I, I think it kind of taps into a different area of us. And, um, you know, you're kind of just thinking more about who am I and who has God created me to be? And well, it's a deep, what is the calling he has? It's a deep thing, isn't it? Because you, you look to have um, other people, community, validate you as a person. Right. You know, to say, hey, you have value, you know, um, not just as a friend, but you're making a contribution. The stuff that you're doing has importance. Mm-hmm. And if you're not sure where your interests are and how you lean into your skills, you can feel like, I don't have a place here. Mm. Right. right. And that you, I imagine you run across a number of students that feel that way as well as they're getting into it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've, I run across a lot of older adults that feel that way. Yeah. You know, part of the tragedy is for many... Um, many more than you might imagine are mean because you're, you're a, you're a guy of many interests, uh, as I am, but I am astonished when I meet with people who are in their fifties or sixties and they have been doing work Mm -hmm. that really isn't of interest to them. They've done it out of duty and they've done it for so long that they really don't know what else they have in life that could be interesting. Here's the other thing that I'm always frustrated by is that interests are somehow always tied to something that's uh, that's going to make them money or it's going to be job-related or something like that. And that just drives me nuts. I don't understand why we can't 
especially here in America, it's like we can't have an interest that doesn't make us money somehow. I don't, and I don't understand. I can't. I literally can't wrap. My yeah, this brain is a culture that. that very much thinks that if you spend a lot of time pursuing something that doesn't have an economic reward, that you're wasting time. Yes, <laughs> it is. The, it's it the really strangest is. thing in the world to yeah. me. So I, I've told this story before, but I have this fear of heights. So I decided to go skydiving. Remember uh-huh. that story? No, because I don't want to be reminded by my kids that you did it and I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Do they really hold that against oh, yeah. you? Oh, that's oh, awesome. Sure. <laughs> oh, I'll give them more fuel to that. No. no. <laughs> you, can, you can turn off the program right now. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, it is such a big interest for me is... Me being skydiving, able, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm part of the USPA now. I'm setting up jumps oh. to go with my best friend. Okay. Moving right along, <laughs> but I mean, I but I, it, it it took me stepping completely out of my comfort zone and tackling a fear for me. And it's something that costs me money, but it's something that always makes me feel so alive. Yeah, and it's good that you brought up the quote earlier about fear because that is the core essence of the thing that's going to keep us in many ways from exploring our interests because you don't know necessarily what they are until you get out and you try many, many things. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this because back in episode number 14, we talked about how to cultivate your personal vision and we suggested there's four habits that you need to consistently practice. It doesn't matter what you do. If you don't do these four habits, you're going to have a harder time assimilating all the stuff that you are doing and make having it make sense. And the first one was reflection. Talk about that. So this is where we're just suggesting that in a society where everybody's extremely busy, we're run, 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 and it's one place to the next, that at some point you just slow down, take a break, go somewhere quiet, maybe out of the city, away from home and work, and just spend time and reflect, Mm -hmm. meditate, and think about you. Would you add to that? Yeah, and I, I would say one of those things could just be slow down enough to read a book. Yeah. You know, we talked about that back in episode, what, 23, how mm. reading can lead to your next great beginning because you can pull in lots of ideas by getting them from other sources. Yeah. You know, reading is kind of a, a, a hyper-networking. You yeah. can't meet all the people that you could possibly read right. from books. So the first habit is reflection. Second habit is socialization. Yep. Uh, you're big on this. Right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I, I always feel like networking is the answer to all problems. And I don't mean, I, I always say this, I don't mean the sleazy kind of networking the world has been taught. It's intentional relationship building with the people that you actually want to. Be yeah. Around. Check out our episode 16 to how to network like a pro, because you... there is a difference between the sleazy networking that <laughs> Armin just mentioned and networking that gives to the network. Yes. Yes, it's and, a value add based network. And, and when you do that, you discover something about your interest because you tend to give away the stuff that you have an interest in. And so, the third thing you can do is experimentation. Now, I know, Tally, you've been doing some of this too, right? Uh, the idea behind this is, you know, take on a learning and action oriented mindset. Because, I mean, Armin was telling me that you are doing this to beat the band, trying new things, you're interning. Uh, what are some of the other action steps you've taken? Uh, I've been joining some different professional organizations uh, just last Wednesday night. In fact, um, one of my mentors invited me to a women's event, and it was a women's networking event, and the the speaker talked about networking, actually. So I think it's just getting out there, doing things that are new, maybe that you haven't ever experienced before. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And having that growth mindset where you're saying, am I going out and I'm looking at, I'll join this association, and when I do... I'm going to learn something. I'm going to meet some people. That's part of the networking thing. But I'm getting out there. I'm getting a new experience. 
and I'm going to learn something from it. And we talked about how your mindset affects your next great beginning back in episode four, way back in episode four. <laughs> but I tell you, it is one of the cornerstone episodes, I think, because really everything about a new beginning has to do with the mindset that you put toward it. And so we've got reflection, we've got socialization, we've got experimentation. Finally, we've got observation. I mean, talk about that. Well, just track the responses to your experiments. Whatever you do, uh, just keep a track of them. What you can measure, you can grow. Mm. Um, and if, if there's a way that, you, whether it's through journaling, and you gave some other resources on how to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anything that you can actually do, whether it is journaling or otherwise, that will allow you to just track and to remember the experiments that you did, the experiences that you've had, just so you can open up your journal and say, oh yeah, this is why I didn't like it, or this is why I did like it, this is how much I accomplished, this is how much more I have to try, or whatever it might be, but some way of being able to keep track of what you have and haven't done, what you've liked and haven't liked. Yeah, now do you journal, Tally? I do, yeah, and I just wanted to add to that too, Armin. I absolutely love that idea, because I think when maybe you feel like discouraged or you feel like you're not making progress, you can look back on that mm-hmm. and you can see like, wow, I, those are a few things that I actually learned a few weeks ago or wow, I, I really am making progress in the, in the sense that you're learning more about yourself. You're discovering your interests. You're discovering the things that you're really passionate about. So definitely yeah. would agree with that. Now, I think when you don't know what your interest is, it's absolutely the best time to start journaling because like yeah. you said, Tally, you'll be able to look at back and see all the growth and things that you've learned from it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you haven't started with journaling, check out our episode 24, why now is the best time to start journaling. Well, at the start of the show, we promised you 10 zany ideas to ignite the discovery of your interests. And none of these are intended to be a checklist that you go through and you do all of them, and ipso facto, you will have your interests. (laughs) They are just intended to spark your own imagination. You'll probably come up with some even better or more zany ideas. And when you do, especially those of you who have tried something really out there, put it in our show notes. Leave us a comment, reinventure.me slash 27. We want to hear from you. We want to add to the zany list. So here's the first one. Ask your friends two questions. Now, Tally, would it be okay if we uh, include the questions that you asked your friends as part of our show notes? Absolutely. All right. Well, well she get, she has a very extensive list of yeah. questions she has her friends. <laughs> her friends are the Navy SEALs of friends. <laughs> uh, but if you, if you want to just ask two questions to your friends, here, here might be two that you could start with. One, if you were going to refer someone to me to help them, what would you tell them about why or how I might be of help to them? Now you're getting somebody to be an advocate to say, tell me why that person's important. Right. Okay. Second question is, if you could introduce me to the person in your network that would be most interesting for me to meet, who would that be and why? Hmm. So it makes you think about that person in the network. And the, the great benefit of that one is maybe they'll introduce you to that most interesting person. <laughs> we often don't think about uh, are using our network, and if you ask somebody to that question, they might just open up and say, "Oh, there is this person I think you would really need to meet." Right, and they want not think about it unless you ask it. So that's the first zany idea. What's the second one? So the second, I don't even know why I'm sharing this one because I need to do this. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you shouldn't be sharing this one, should you? <laughs> I have a goose egg on my. Twitter okay, so account. I'm you're sharing this one because you need to share this one. <laughs> This is part of that learning mindset. <laughs> the second one is sign up for Twitter and follow some amazing people. 
I did sign up for Twitter. And he still has an egg profile. <laughs> I just have done nothing with my Twitter account. <laughs> On the other hand, my LinkedIn account, that's doing well. But I do the same thing with LinkedIn that you would do with Twitter. Yeah. There's a lot of amazing people to follow on LinkedIn as well. So, I mean, you could go either way. But Yeah, the, pr- the challenge with LinkedIn and with Facebook and some of those other social media, not so much with Google+, but Google+, and Twitter, you can follow people without their permission to have you follow them. Oh, that's true. With LinkedIn and Facebook, you need their permission in order to follow them. With Twitter and with Google+, you can follow some amazing people and what they write about and what they post that are interesting and there, there could be some really zany things that come out of that, and you go, "Wow, that's I'm kind of interested in." That. Yeah. Now, one of the guys that I follow is Guy Kawasaki. He's one he's, of my favorites. Yeah, he's just the he's Apple evangelist and longtime startup pioneer. <laughs> and uh, his Twitter handle is Guy Kawasaki. G U Y K A W A S A K I. Follow him and just watch some of his his tweets every once in a while. You will be amazed yeah. uh, at what you learn. You, are you on Twitter, Tally? I am on Twitter. And have yes. you found some interesting people to follow from that? Oh, yes. Yeah. All right. Shoot, we should have had her share this one. <laughs> <laughs> Between you and me, Tally, we're going to get Armin uh, going on Twitter here. I know. I, Armin, I do follow you on Twitter, and I can confirm that. <laughs> There's nothing to follow. <laughs> Way to run me over with the, the bus, Tally. that you are, Armin. You need to be using your Twitter. <laughs> we love it. Way to throw me under the bus. Now. All right, we're going to keep going here. Number three, sign up for a community education course. You know, there are so many interesting classes that are held either in community colleges or some of the nonprofits that just put together courses for mm-hmm. adult education and even at seminary level. And, uh, and there's an amazing number of courses that are available for the community. You can audit a class, usually not have to pay much to do mm-hmm. that. And even if it's just to browse their course list, you can right. get something just from. Do you see a lot of people doing that, Tally? Auditing uh, classes probably, and stuff. Yeah, I probably um, there are some that definitely do that or taking online classes, absolutely. But classes in the community, you know, it doesn't even have to be for credit, um, like college credit. Just doing something for fun, signing up for it, just to just to learn to, to grow. Yeah, I did that, and I thought it was really fun, especially on the theology side of things. It was cool to. Yeah. So number three, just treat yourself to a class. Go take something. You yep. know, have some fun with it. Number four, Tally, uh, you want to share this one? Because this is right yes. up your alley. Yes. Um, another way to really kind of get at your interests is to take assessments, vocational assessments that are out there. And one of them that's been around for a long time, since 1927, it was first published, is the Strong Interest Inventory. And a lot of people will even wonder about the name. Well, it was actually named after the guy's name was Strong, his last name. <laughs> I didn't um, know that. Go figure. So this is a really um, widely used, one of the most widely used career assessment tools out there, that one along with the Myers-Briggs. But what it does is it measures your interests in things. And so um, I, I work with this one a lot and do the interpretations with students and alumni. And it's a really great tool just to use to kind of get started on what am I interested in? Because it probably won't tell you something completely different that you don't know about yourself, but it can really confirm a lot of things. So it's a great assessment. Yeah. We'll have a a link to some of these tests that you can take in our show notes. So you can grab that as well. So number four is take a, take a strong Campbell or Myers-Briggs or strength finders tests and, and see how those results might stimulate some of your answers. Number five is kind of a zany one. All right. I'll I'll admit this one's really (laughs) out there. There is a thing called the NAICS, and the NAICS stands for the North American Industry Classification System. It's basically 
how the government classifies a business. Hmm. Now, if you want to imagine all the different kinds of jobs and businesses that are out there, just read through the list of codes and you'll find all kinds of industries. And there might be one that go, oh, I didn't even know there were companies that did that sort of thing. Right. And, or at least you can say, healthcare, no. I mean, kind of like you said, Tally, sometimes saying no to something is a clear way of finding out what your interest right. is. At least it's eliminating an option. It, it, exactly. <laughs> now you're only down to 999,942. <laughs> you know? So you can get that. I'll have a link to that as well. But that's a really weird one. But I'll tell you, it may unlock an idea for you. Armin, what about number six? I think this is, this is something that you would do. I don't know if this is something I would necessarily do. But I'll throw it out there. Go to a bookstore or library and just browse through whatever they have out there. Specifically, I, I guess I would go towards the magazine section. Yeah, that's. I think that's right. That's uh, where I would go. Is it okay? Yep. Why, why? Okay, I, I, and you've done this before, though, haven't mm-hmm. you? Tell I me have. about that. Well, you, if you go to a, a store that has a huge magazine rack, what's really cool about that is that unlike a book where you have to look at the spine, try to figure out what the clever title's trying to be, open it up, look at the table of contents and try to sort through it. Everything of interest is on display on the cover of the magazine. Mm -hmm. So visually, you will be drawn to something, usually, Hmm. that might have appeal. And it could be visually just because there's a picture, you Hmm. know? And if you find something that has some appeal then note that. Find the things that are kind of interesting. Somebody might write about DNA sequencing or something. Mm. Oh, there's something about DNA sequencing that's really interesting to me. Yeah. You know? And you might find that it's not about DNA sequencing. It's about how that affects decisions that are made or yep. ethics or whatever. And yeah. that might tie to some discovery. You know what's interesting is I didn't know I was an entrepreneur until at uh, Barnes & Noble I saw Entrepreneur Magazine and I opened it up. And I read it and I realized... And you were hooked. Yeah, and I realized... Well, I'd, I'd, I've never even heard of the word entrepreneur when I fixed... I, I think it was... Was I still a teenager? It was right out of... Uh, it was my early 20s. I picked it up and I started reading and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm this thing, whatever this thing is. And I had to study what an entrepreneur was. Because at first I thought it was a disease that I had. It so, is a disease. <laughs> it is, that's true. <laughs> There's no but, doubt about but that. But yeah, it was a magazine that kind of like shed the light on the whole interest that I had with entrepreneurs. Disease for which there is no cure. Yes. <laughs> number seven, Tally, uh, do, you, uh, do you do what we have in number seven? Go on a blog tour? Go on a blog tour. You know, um, I do do this sometimes and I have a list of different blogs that I follow for sure. And you can easily just Go online on the internet, type in a topic, and for sure you're going to get lots of blogs that pop up. Yeah, so So give yourself permission sometime to just say, uh, this month I'm going to take a blog tour. Like, August is blog tour month, (laughs) and I'm going to allow myself to just subscribe to five or six blogs. I'm going to get their emails. I'm going to peruse them. I don't have to read them all. I'm going to find out if there's something that they write that might have interest. I'll stick them in a folder and go from there. A great website to start with is actually one of Guy Kawasaki's uh, deals too, Alltop, A-L-L-T-O-P.com. You go out there and it's like all these things of interest and it's all organized Yeah, and you can just start diving in and you can usually then subscribe to some feeds hmm. and some topics and, and just have fun. All right. So the eighth one um, is, is a pretty simple one. It's actually something that um, college career counselors tally usually recommend is job shadowing. Is this something you recommend for people to do? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because 
how do you know if you're going to like something until you actually, you know, shadow someone or talk to someone who's doing that? And um, I had a student last year who did a, an informational interview job shadow and came back and reported to me that he decided he no longer wanted to do that. And it, mm-hmm. you know, saved him from years of mm-hmm. taking classes in an area that he, d- he didn't think he would like. So definitely recommend it. Wow, that's really cool. Well, number nine, you just went on uh, yourself, Armin. Go on a missions trip. Uh, all right. So keep me off my uh, soapbox here. Okay. I, I might start. Number preaching. 10. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Num- so number nine is uh, go on a missions trip, whether it's with your church, a missionary community that's already in a different country or a missionary organization or whatever it might be. But I can't recommend highly enough to go on a missions trip. It will open your eyes to things that you have yet to experience. You will feel things that you have yet to feel. You will have perspectives you have yet to have. I mean, it's always an eye-opening experience. And plus you're exposed to people that are on the trip with you and you're picking up their interests just by being around different people for a a good sustained period of time. Yes, and that kind of relates back to the networking thing. Go on a missions trip with a group of people and find how fast you can build a relationship. Exactly. So that's number nine. And number 10, finally... Take a trip through the Yellow Pages, another zany idea. You remember what the Yellow Pages are? Remember those uh, that, that old book? But there are a lot of companies that are in the Yellow Pages. You'll find all kinds of ads and things that might uh, just stimulate you to think of a new idea. I think I used one about two years ago to start a fire. Yeah, start a fire. That, a... <laughs> that might be your interest. Well, let's pick a challenge me out of this. All right. All right, Tally, I do want to know if you find this challenge interesting and if it's something right. that you do. So I want to make it simple. The challenge me is this pick one of any one of these topics that we laid out or these zany ideas that we've given out just pick one and do it just get out of your head stop thinking about it just pick one that's easy simple it's not too time consuming that you can take and run with and whether you like it or not at least you know it's something you do or something you don't but it's right in front of you you can take action on it and you can actually experience it and stop thinking about it what's your pick tally my pick out of those? Yes. I would say, just because this really helped me over the past couple of months, is find just a couple friends, one friend, five friends, ten, what, however many people that know you well, and just kind of be very intentional and ask them a couple questions this week. Whether you email it to them, you text them, you pick up the phone, you call them, just to ask them, you know, what are the things that you see in me that I'm passionate about? Where, where do I come alive? Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised about the feedback that you'll get in a good way. Well, that's great. And Tally, it's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much. We're so glad that you could be a part of it. We hope that you can bounce back in and tell us how your search goes and also add to our zany ideas as well as we go down the road. But if you've had an idea of your own about how you might be able to discover an interest, uh, you have an idea that you think others would benefit from, please let us know. Leave a comment on this show at reinventure.me slash 27 for episode 27. Of course, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes, and you can get to that at reinventure.me slash iTunes or on Stitcher Radio at reinventure.me slash Stitcher. Those reviews actually help us out because they get our show rate listed a little higher in the rankings, and that allows us to get the word out about the show. Of course, the best way is if you enjoy what you're hearing, let a friend know. I'll tell them about it. If you have a question, you can call our show line, 612-314-5447. For now, this is Tally saying so long. So long, everybody. And Armin. 
Bid you adieu, folks. <laughs> and Larry Gates saying so long. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs>